0: What would it look like, when the world actually decides to take on the climate crisis? It would look like what we're seeing right now. Media coverage of the issue 24-7, consistent headlines about updated death tolls, experts appearing on the news every day to update the public on the crisis, everyone stopping everything and putting the world on pause to deal with the immediate crisis at hand. That's the cry for action by
1: our Zero Hour founder, Jamie Marcolin, in Teenvogue. Surprising source, isn't it? <laughs> Global disruptions to business as usual in the attempt to curb the COVID-19 outbreak has spawned quite some reflections on the direct effects of climate change and the long lost political will to tackle this crisis at scale. In this timely insight, we're exploring what can be learned from the now proven ability of governments worldwide, to varying degrees of course, to act urgently on a critical matter of public health. Climate change, inherently a matter of public health too, albeit a more elusive one, has struggled to mobilize anywhere close to the same scale of response as the ongoing outbreak. Despite its urgency and extent, the crisis-style response is for the most part, yet, to be seen. Adele Peters of Fast Company offers us an image of what such a mobilization would look
0: like. We've seen that governments can act, and we've seen people can change their behavior in a very short amount of time. If the world
1: was responding to climate change like it's responding to the coronavirus, the level of urgency that the science says is necessary, things would look dramatically different
0: we would see a lot of different things happening all at
1: the same time. As you will have noticed, there are similarities between the crisis of corona and climate change, respectively. But there are certainly also differences. To effectively adopt the lessons of mobilisation in the 21st century, we need to discern these. Knives Stolzak and Asim Prakash, for Forbes,
0: draws our attention to some key factors. So climate policies are hobbled by what we call spatial optimism. And that is when individuals believe that their risk of getting affected by climate change is less than for others. So this reduces the willingness to tolerate personal sacrifices for deep decarbonization. Coronavirus episode began with some level of spatial optimism in the Western world. After all, it was happening in China. But this confidence has quickly disappeared. Globalization means a lot of international travel and trade. When we look at crisis response, the measures that we are ready to take to face this coronavirus are much more severe than the measures we have been ready to take to face climate change or atmospheric pollution. Interestingly, this is true,
1: even though the pandemic crisis in many ways mimics the climate crisis. So, who gets to define the impacts of the Corona era? With the global outbreak of COVID-19, there's a clear before and after. It's easy to expect, and suspect, a certain return to normal upon completing self-quarantine or easing of government restrictions. Even though we don't know when we assume that these events will eventually arrive, a shock of this scale, however, does not pass by without leaving behind some deep marks. COVID 19 affects us on many levels. It affects us as individuals and organizations. It affects our supply chains, economic systems, political trends, and maybe even worldviews. While some impacts, some of which we have mentioned earlier, are becoming increasingly obvious, such as economic and air pollution plummets, what will remain to stay is yet to be seen. What we do know is that there are plenty of forces at play to get to define part of the answer to this question. With the help of Lee Edelkort, we try peering into the crystal ball to offer you one understanding of how the playing field is being chilled up.
0: The coronavirus pandemic will lead to a global recession of a magnitude that has not been experienced before, but will eventually allow humanity to reset its values. Suddenly, the fashion shows look bizarre and out of place. The travel ads that enter our computer space seem invasive and ridiculous. The thought of future projects is vague and inconclusive. Will it even matter? Every new day we question each system we have known since birth, and we are obliged to consider their possible demise. We will be in a position of having a blank page for a new beginning because lots of companies and money will be wiped out in the process of slowing down. Redirecting and restarting will require a lot of insight and audacity to build a new economy with other values and ways of handling production, transport Distribution and retail. In the end, we will be forced to do what we should have done already in the first place. Lee's take is mirrored by many sentiments and urges
1: online that speaks into the opportunities for human reconnection, slowing down and reimagining ways of living. All for it. These, we believe, forms an invaluable base of intentions and hope. Hope, though, needs something more to materialize change. Covid-19 is certainly restrictions, illness and lost lives, but what if all that suffering was not in vain? The intentions to bring about a better world stand strong all
0: around us. During these moments of cataclysmic change, the previously unthinkable suddenly becomes reality. Naomi Klein opens her speech and continues. In fact, it is possible for crisis to catalyze a kind of evolutionary leap. Moments of shock are profoundly volatile. We either lose a whole lot of ground, get fleeced by elites, and pay the price for decades. Or we win progressive victories that seemed impossible just a few weeks ago. We're seeing bailouts for fracking companies, not to mention cruise ships, airlines, and hotels. This is a big problem because, in addition, to the crisis caused by the virus, we're also facing climate disruption. And these industries that are getting rescued with our money are the ones driving that disruption.
1: Whilst many of the points of reference are specific to the US, their patterns are not unrelatable. For instance, Danish readers that are nationally local to us here in Copenhagen may have recognized the closing of national borders, even as authorities at that time claimed no actual health benefits of the method. This is not a rest-and-wait type of situation. Who gets to define the long-term impacts of the corona crisis is determined by the ability to keep the alternatives to existing policies alive and available, as they endure changing conditions to reach inevitability. Only a crisis, actual or perceived, produces real change. When that crisis occurs, The actions that are taken depend on the ideas that are lying around. That, I believe, is our basic function to develop alternatives to existing policies, to keep them alive and available until the politically impossible becomes politically inevitable. Milton Friedman.